Hi there, welcome to the Home with Havila podcast. I'm Ben Cunnington, the host, and just want to welcome you. We are in the middle of a Advent series, uh, and this is part four. We're going to jump into the fourth and final part of the series. But thanks so much for joining us. We are always excited and honored that you're here. Want to spend a few minutes with us here at the Home with Havila podcast. And uh, before we jump in, just want to tell you about a couple of things. Again, we are so close to kicking off our annual Bible study, online Bible study. It's completely free. This year, it's called I Dream Big, and we are diving into dreaming with God. How do we chase the dreams that God's put in our hearts um, God's way and not our way? Uh, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be powerful. It's a great way to start off your new year. So you can register and sign up for free at truthtotable.com. And we're just going to jump right into this last fourth and final part. It's the candle of love. And it's going to be a good one. I hope you enjoy and I will catch you at the end. Each of these candles have been lit and will continue to be lit until this last one is lit, which represents Jesus Christ, pure, holy, the white candle. Now, there's different colors of candles. I get that. So if you did your research, you'll find that many of them were like purple and then one was pink, but ultimately it didn't really matter as long as there was like one different color. So that's what this is. This week is all about, well, it's all about love. Now, I want us to review for a few minutes quickly about Advent because we're going to close the book to Advent and then you're going to be like, oh, I did Advent, but I can't remember exactly what everything was about. So I want to kind of review just for a few minutes. The first thing I want you to remember is that the wreath was, um, represents God's everlasting love for us and his continual love for us. So it sits there. The candles represent a thousand years of waiting and anticipation. Remember, Advent is about waiting. It's about anticipating. And Advent isn't just a one-time wait. It's actually two waits. It's the wait for Jesus to come. And he did what he said he would do. And we celebrate that. And we kind of recognize that he did that in an Advent way. But then also we have a second Advent, which is the second coming of Christ. So we're waiting for him. He's going to come again. We don't have to worry about that. He will do what he said he would do. And we can rest assured because we've been through one Advent before as a culture and we saw him come through and prove to be who he said he would be. But this is the final one. So the first candle that we looked at was the candle of hope, the hope of him coming, the hope of what the prophets had said would come to pass. And we, we saw that as true, that it wasn't a false hope. It wasn't hope deferred. It was hope in the reality that he did what he said he would do. And we found that to be true. The second one we found was peace. He was the Prince of Peace. And really it talks about him coming as uh, the Prince of Peace, but also that reality that in the midst of all of the chaos and all of that, we can anticipate peace coming. Last week, we looked at the idea of joy, which we talked a lot about how uh, Jesus is on the scene. He's now here. He's, um, he's come. We don't know when he's going to fully emerge, but he's in the building. And we can anticipate that what we need is now available to us. So we've gone through hope, peace, joy. And then today, our final, um, our final candle is love. And today, we're going to talk about the love of 
Christmas, the love of the gospel and what really happened. So I want to take us to a very familiar passage, and I printed it out because I wanted to read it out of the message. But John 3.16, obviously you could probably quote it with me, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, I love the message. It says, and this is how much God loved the world. He gave us his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. Now, I want to pause for a minute because I'll never forget the day I had Judah. Judah's our eldest son. He is 12 years old. I'd never been a mom. I'd never had gone through labor. I had never been pregnant before. And now I was holding my firstborn son in my arms in a hospital room on the third floor where we recovered from surgery after my C-section. And I'm holding Judah. He's got this little round face, still does, big eyes, perfect little face. And I'm holding him. And all of a sudden, I have that thought, oh my gosh, this was what God gave up. He gave his only son for me. And then I remember back in those days, how great is our God? It was like, you know, the top of the charts. How great is our God? And I remember hearing that song playing in our room as we played worship music and weeping through it, realizing you gave your only son for me. And we must remember that Christmas was not just about the coming of the son, but we have to remember there was a father that sent him for us. And the son was going to have, he was going to pay a big price, but it was because of love. It was for love. It was always been for love. And his love transcended our own humanity that would say, I would never send my only son for people that didn't care, didn't know, or didn't acknowledge. But God is bigger and greater and all-knowing and all-powerful and has the ability to cut through all of that to go, no, this is what love is. Love counts the costs and does it anyway. So he says, by believing in him, anyone can have a whole and everlasting life. How many of you are grateful that Christmas isn't just about sitting on Santa's lap or isn't about getting that one gift we want. Christmas is about realizing and remembering that we had a baby come one day that doesn't just give us eternal life, but he gives us a whole life on earth. The moment we accept what Jesus did for us and what he did on the cross and the moment we confess with our mouths, eternity begins. We don't just cross over at death. No, no, no. We've crossed over now. Our life is eternal and it is happening right now. We are living in eternity. The Bible says when we die, everything in a minute will, will change over. There'll be no sting in death. Instantaneously, we'll be in the presence of God. We have nothing to fear, but ultimately we now live a whole life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his only son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. Now, you could listen to the world and they might say that's what he did. But I want you to know something. The message of Christmas, the message of his coming was he didn't send his only son to die so that he could be a judgment, just bring judgment and, and just accuse. No, no, no. He came for so much more. He came to help, to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Remember, we're guilty of sin. We've done anything sinful. We are guilty, could not spend eternity with him. But he came to acquit us, to go into that court of law and say, I'll take their place. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it, which again, we know that from Adam and Eve. And why? 
because of that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind Son of God when introduced to him. Christmas is an introduction to who Jesus was. The world was introduced to Jesus long ago. We again recognize our introduction to him. We realize that for the first time, God was with us, Emmanuel. Now, the virgin birth was an amazing birth. It was uh, miraculous that this girl would carry a baby. But what's even more miraculous is that God was with us. God would come down to earth and he would be one of us, walk with us. God doesn't need us. He doesn't need you. God doesn't need you to make things happen. No, no, he wants you. That is the message of Christmas. Not that he needs us. No, no, he wants us. He wants to be with us. In fact, there's a scripture that talks about that Jesus talks to his father and he says, oh, that they would be with me where you are. It was the cry of Jesus that we would we would be able to be with him as he is with his father, that we would be with him. And that's why he did it, to remind us of what he had a desire for and that we would be in covenant with him. We would be in covenant with him. So I want to remind you that this whole week is about the love of God to encounter you. Now, I want to read something that Max Lucado wrote. I love his writings. I'm not great at reading them, but I'm doing my best. But there's a part when I was reading this that really stood out to me. It says this, God as a fetus, holiness sleeping in a womb, the creator of life being created. God was given eyebrows, elbows, two kidneys, and a spleen. He stretched out against the walls and floated in the amniotic fluids of his mother. God had come near. He came not as a flash of light or an unstoppable conqueror, but as one whose first cries were heard by a peasant girl and a sleepy carpenter. The hands that first held him were unmanicured, calloused, and dirty. No silk, no ivory, no hype, no party, no hoopla. Were it all not for the shepherds, there would have been no reception. And were there not for a group of stargazers, there would have been no gifts. Angels watched as Mary changed God's diaper. Could you imagine? The universe watched with wonder as the might, Almighty learned to walk. Children played in the street with him and had the synagogue leader in Nazareth known who was listening to his sermons. Jesus may have had pimples. He may have been tone deaf. Perhaps a girl down the street had a crush on him or vice versa. It could have been that his knees were bony. One thing, one thing's for sure. He was, while completely divine, completely human. For 33 years, he would feel everything you and I have ever felt. He felt weak. He grew weary. He was afraid of failure. He was susceptible to wooing women. He got cold, burped, had body odor. His feelings got hurt. He felt tired and his head ached. To think of Jesus in such a light, well, it seems almost irreverent, doesn't it? It's not something we like to do. It's uncomfortable. It's much easier to keep the humanity out of the incarnality, incarnation, excuse me. Clean the manure from all around the, clean the manure from around the manger. Wipe the sweat out of his eyes. Pretend he never snored, blew his nose, or hit his thumb with a hammer. 
It's easier to stomach it that way. There's something about keeping him divine that keeps him distant, packaged, and predictable. But don't do it. For heaven's sake, don't. Let him be human as he intended to be. Let him into the mire and the muck of the world. For only if we let him in can we pull can he pull us out. Listen to him. I love that. It makes me emotional to think about his reality that Jesus was with us. He was us, fully God, fully man. And this week on Christmas, two days before Christmas, we celebrate him, the love of the Father, the love of a son, the love of a God that would come and give his life for us. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for coming. God, thank you for sending your only son. We recognize you in anticipation that you are born this week in full joy. For those of you that are following this in real time, um, you can light the candle because today is Christmas Eve, or you can light it tomorrow morning for Christmas to be reminded that this season we celebrate you, Jesus. We thank you for what you've done and we worship at your feet. All right, that is our Advent series. That concludes it. We're done. We have flown by four weeks here uh, covering Advent. Such a great and powerful time. Thanks for joining us. And uh, if you're new here to the podcast, I, I encourage you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. We have some really, really fun things planned for 2023. Havala is going to be back. And we're going to be doing some really fun things. So I'm excited. All right, guys, this is it. Thanks so much for listening. And don't forget, sign up for the I Dream Big Bible Study, truththetable.com. We hope to see you there. And until next time, have a great day. Mm-hmm.